0: It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, we're rolling Motown Rundown. Uh, We are back post round one draft episode, so if you did not listen to our previous episode, a little short week for us. We're playing on like a bye week, like Thursday or like a Thursday night, Sunday night type
1: deal. Thursday Brutal. night football.
0: Brutal. We've we got to get some time for the, the
1: muscles to recover. you to- yeah, yeah, You got wor- to worry about, is, is this good for the players? <laughs> do, do we shorten the season? Um, but either way, we're
0: back here on a, what is it, Monday, it is April 27th twenty twenty. Um we will be covering rounds two through seven of the NFL draft. We'll talk some uh bad boy stuff as if you're not watching the last dance documentary on Michael Jordan, I don't know what you're doing with your time as a sports fan. Um before we get into all that stuff, how are we doing? Quarantine check-in, how are we feeling? Obviously the in Michigan at least the uh the stay at home has been extended until I believe May 14th or 15th. So we're still locked down, but I hope hope the spirits are high.
1: There's more things to do, though. They've reopened a couple of stuff, like golf courses. And I think you can go house to house now, right?
0: Yeah, I do believe so. That is a thing.
1: I, I was laughing, Rubenowitz, when you were talking about it. It's like, got to shorten the season. I think people just have glossed over the fact that the NFLs gonna have 17 games now. <laughs>
2: like, what? Well, yeah, like,
1: that's right. Like, it's not next year, but it's a year after that. No one talks about that. That's I totally forgot about that
2: until you just mentioned it. I forgot that was a the thing. There's also seven playoff teams. That of, what
1: that that seems like a big deal. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> no, we're
2: <not> <laughs> those are big changes. Hey,
0: the Lions' chances of getting in this year have just increased. Not well, this, listen, it's, not I, this I saw year. it's not this whatever whatever year,
2: whatever year they start doing it. The years. Lions would have been the seventh seed, I think, in 2017, and I think I saw one other year in our lifetime that they would have been the seventh seed. So that's great. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I'm good, I'm glad.
1: I'm um, all right. I, Trent, yeah, I. I feel like Trent's living his best life. Like, uh, dude, uh, uh, are you are you well, wearing down? I, I feel like you guys are, are you guys not at your throats yet? If I was with my siblings for an extended period of time at this point in my life, we would be at our, each other's throats.
2: Well, we—I mean, of course, we've been a little bit because not only are we siblings, but it's three—it's three guys. So of course, there's going to be some like you know. People throwing their weight around and stuff, but Ooh, ha, ha. Uh, I took a pretty, pretty well-timed uh, break. I went to East Lansing for a couple nights because my books were there, so I had to do my exams uh, at my the apartment. Books.
0: The books were there. I got the books. Yeah, I had, I had
2: to use my books. I had to use them right. I'm gonna do it right. Not doing this satisfactory, unsatisfactory BS. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna grind. I'm gonna roll, and I finally got that done. So I had a good time hanging with my roommate the last couple nights, and now I'm back here. I don't know. It's good. Collins, I was telling Rabinowitz before we started, I've had like nothing to do with my time. The draft was nice. Right. But as crazy as it sounds, it's almost like I took those three days for granted because now we're back to square one. And I forgot how bad it was already. And like last night, I went through Motley Crue's entire discography and listened to every song that they've ever released. That's what I have to like. I have nothing to do with my time.
1: Was that you last night who had an Instagram live at, like, 2.30 in the morning? Yes. Yeah, and
2: you – Collins was on. Collins came on. Nice, Collins.
1: I came on for, I like, know. two seconds because I was, I was you so confused. You were probably confused. on for,
2: like, 10 seconds. I gave you I a like, shout-out,
1: though. Oh, I should have stayed. I, 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 <laughs> always, I, I always do that where when – you know you get the notification when someone's going yeah. live on Instagram? Yeah, so I always in press it. It doesn't matter yeah. who it is. It could be, like, a distant, like – Oh yeah, dude. casual acquaintance, and then I like get super embarrassed and like <laughs> log in. Dude, oh, the
0: worst is like when you when you see that Instagram modification, you just immediately click on it out of instinct. The worst is when it's, like some girl that's out of your league that you don't know that well, but you click <laughs> on it, and then you're just, like, you're like one of three people. You're in one
1: there. of the first people to yeah, get in there gotta, too. You bail out immediately.
0: That's a tough feeling.
1: Yeah. That's well, what? How, how's East Lansing? Both? I first of all. I just thought about this, and I just got really scared thinking about this. I for, I don't know if I rented books, for uh, for like oh, this yeah. school year. I might oh. need to go back up to East Lansing for that. Just no, I did life. too.
2: I I gotta look at it. We were supposed to, I believe we were supposed to return them on May first, because that's like when the ban was lifted. But then they extended it to May fifteenth. So I don't really know what bookstores are doing now. I'm gonna have to look into that.
0: Come on up, Collins. We can get a quick eighteen in.
1: Yeah, seriously. I'll play but I'm the best good.
0: I. The best thing about uh, the textbook take back is I don't ever I don't ever rent my books. I buy them. But then my favorite day of the year is that one day at the end of the semester where you take back all your books and just sell them back, and it feels like you're getting free money, even though you've literally lost like 80% of your, your money that you put into them in the first place. Dude, That's the best I'll, day of the year.
1: Never buy. I'll never buy books again after my first year. You don't get any money back for it. it I, I haven't done it. It makes no sense. Renting is the smartest way because you, I, am, this is the thing: I don't buy books until I need them. Like in in during the year, like I unless it's like a big textbook, you. like I'll never do that. I'll never. College, do that. I'll
2: be the first to tell you. I've made it. I made it through a couple classes without buying the book at all. And sure, yeah. like that, that hurts some assignments and everything. But like the end, the end game is fine. You know, you get a decent grade. You get a good enough grade on what you needed to do. But the, the, the I have never bought a book. I've, I rent them. I don't buy them. <laughs> well, maybe I'll have, maybe I'll have to try. It. I imagine that's kind of like getting your tax returns back when you sell it's a same, bag. Exactly. You get a little money that you didn't oh, where's do. not where's this
0: free? Where's this free money coming from? Oh, just kidding. No, a lot of it was all it was taken away from you. Here's the crumbs. But East Lansing's fine. I've I've been holding it down up here. Um, I finished. I, I turned in my last assignment today of college, which was uh, that was a tough so hour. Dumb, or so. dumb. You're yeah, done, done? I am. I am officially done with with schoolwork. Uh, my graduation, and I put air quotes around graduation, uh, is this upcoming Saturday. Doesn't help to look at the weather forecast. It's gonna be like seventy and sunny. You know, like that's like, oh, would have been know. probably the best day of my life. What could have been? I digress. Yeah. But we do. It have wouldn't a, have been the
1: best day of your life. <laughs> Stop. Some Dude, it would have been. Graduation. It would have been a. It would have been, a it f- been hot in the Breslin Center or cold. Because I've been to two of those things. And one of the times I was sweating my bag off. And the other time I was shivering because they don't want people like, to faint. They don't want the old people to faint and like, proud so they keep it cold. But nice. like graduations, it's gratifying for the person in it. But like, if you go to a graduation, it's a bottom five experience. Bottom five. <laughs> yeah, if they're tough like, to sit through. They're brutal. Brutal. They're no fun at all.
2: Dude, that's a that's a pretty good point because people forget like the graduation thing is all about the graduates. There's nothing else organic inorganic involved for anyone else like for the audience. You're just there to support people, and there's thousands of people. Oh, like it's
1: so bad. It, yeah. it especially like college because it's like turned up to eleven. Like high school, like at my high school, we did it in our like gym, and it was like super packed and stuff, but it wasn't like that bad. So, it was, like, not that big of a deal. But, like, colleges has turned up to 11. It's literally just for the parents and the students. And half the time, the students only want to be there. Graduation, yeah. like, like I, I will personally enjoy if we have a graduation, like, for my senior class does. I mean, big droughts is in question for even us if you, like, look down the line. But, like, I, it, it, you are not actually mad about it. I Dude, I would
0: I would like to enjoy my graduation day. Is that such a crime?
1: I there's hear not,
2: what you're saying. No, not at saying. all. You worked for four years and all you want to yeah, do dude, is Yeah, dude, can
1: I have my day? That's not it. You want to – Give them a day. The no, the thing that's unfair is that you didn't get your last, like, three weeks. Uh, that's the. How thing about my last
0: three months, bro? No, I didn't
1: get my no, last three months. No, but Give it, or take. It, I don't think until, like, the last month or so or maybe, like, the last, like, six weeks you're up there you realize, you're like, okay, guys, it's time to lock in. Like, this is our last go around. Let's do some things, like, we haven't done. And you, like, reminisce. That's bullshit that you guys didn't get to do that. That sucks. No kidding. But, well, once, but once, don't, yeah. I, I don't want to hear the graduation thing. Because yeah. I, I don't think you're I think when you're talking about graduation, you're just talking about, like, that final week of school, like, all culminating together. I mean, you- yeah, sh- sure. I liked it, the, the, whatever. I wanted to experience the ceremony. I was probably
0: gonna cry afterwards, but whatever. No, I. I hope it's there was something I, for you guys. I, I hope so. I, but no, I agree with you. It's like once we came back from spring break, and I think it all, it really all hit the fan when we came back from spring break. Um, but yeah, yeah we're looking forward to having after. the last couple of months of just again March Madness, the whole shebang. Don't need to get into it, but I'm glad everyone's good. Um, other than that, we might as well jump right in to the sports stuff unless we have any other airing of grievances
2: to do. No, not really. Are we? Hi, Mrs. Bally. Mrs. Bally. Hi, Mrs. Bally. I muted my mic because I thought maybe this wouldn't actually happen, but she's here. Well, it's a support system. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But this our only fan. <laughs> what she the can't jury hear you guys. Mrs. Oh, ever? She, uh, she
1: can't hear us? No. Oh, okay. After, they, said, ask, they
2: said you're our only fan.
1: Or your biggest, biggest, or only? What did after you? what she know. thought about the Lions draft? So what do you one, think of the Lions draft? One and
2: only. I'm okay
1: with that. Okay, I like that. Okay, that's <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. A mashup. I think we should
2: do. She has like a song that she wants to do for the Lions draft. Like no, the really? people we drafted. Well, yeah, of it. It's great material.
0: It's good content for us. We need we'll it. Come out for that. Okay. Are you good? All right, thanks for saying that. <laughs> so, right.
1: Come on. Don't do your mouth. Dirty like that.
0: That's Sorry. the hey, that's the beauty of Zoom. We get to have guest appearances out of nowhere.
2: The dope. No, listen, she's been she has Number this idea. Fan. She's Number had this idea fan. since I came on this podcast like last year that she's gonna have a segment on here someday where she just talks for like five, ten minutes. I would love So that. maybe I maybe was, at some point we can work that out. We need sponsorship maybe.
1: dollars. Um, I, <laughs> this uh, dude, is not I i this is would not love good. that i would love that if i <laughs> i like get a mom take in the mix like i don't even know what mom takes are you know what i mean <laughs> like, well i mean one of them is that she's okay my, with the lions draft that's that, good hey that's how i feel that's how, listen to this my parents have had season tickets for mission state football for probably they've had them since 2010 and they had him previously, like in the early 2000s and like 1990s. Like they had them then. My mom goes to me and goes, what was he doing last year uh, b- before the Patriots signed him? I'm like, mom, he started on Michigan State <laughs> the last three years. I was like, mom, you're at the games. And I'm not going to say my mom's like an idiot or like gullible or anything like that. I think that just proves the fact that when you're in an environment with my father, my uncle and my brother and my brother-in-law and sister, you, you, you just can't block out anything Just they're just screaming. Just screaming yeah. the whole day. Like, and I was like, Mom, that's not a good look. Not a, not a that's, good look.
2: That, that's hilarious.
1: I was like, Mom, you might have been drinking too much at those tailgates.
0: <laughs> if we're doing any kind of segment, we should have – Collins, we should have your dad on and just have like a Kelly's Corner segment where he just like Ooh. talks about things that piss him off.
1: No, first of all, my dad would come on and do this. He'd be like, how we doing, boys? And then laugh at it, make <laughs> a joke, make a joke, laugh at it. Like, laugh at his <laughs> own joke. And that, my dad, I love my dad. He's the best. Turned 61 on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Kelly Collins. Yeah. And then what, uh, he's the best. But he just has, like, the oldest man sports tapes and I stuff. It's, it's unbelievable. He's like – I hate when guys have tattoos. I'm like, okay, dude, it's like, the, get out of the <laughs> 1970s, bro.
0: My dad turned 57, I think, on Sunday. But, yeah, my dad, what are, what are the worst, one of the worst takes my dad's ever had, like, in polo, because I remember we were at U.S. Cellular, me, my dad, my uncle, my little brother. What a brutal watching, field. Oh, horrible, dude. I hate that ballpark. It's like you feel like you're trapped. It's tough. Not a great area either. Not a great area. Southside's tough. But we were at the game and, uh, well, obviously Tigers and White Sox. And Avisayo Garcia comes up to bat for the Chicago. And I don't know why my dad's so bitter that he's, like, not a Tiger anymore. But he's got these sweet white Adidas cleats with, like, the gold plates on the bottom. Oh, baby. And my dad, like, stands up and he's like, that's – he's like, it's classless. That's class ridiculous. I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? Like, first of all, there's, like, 1,000 people at the White Sox game. But I'm like, what's what's wrong with these? He's like, it's, he's like, it's just so arrogant to have gold-plated cleats. I'm like, dude, take it easy.
1: For my dad's that's, birthday, that's it's, hilarious. For, uh, it's actually funny you brought this up. For my dad's birthday, my mom, like, digitalized all of our old, like, home videos. And there's one Christmas where my aunt gets my brother, like, the Tracy McGrady twos, which were, like, a big deal, like, back in the day. And they're a little bit flashy. My, my, my dad's got the camera on his hand, and he opens it. And he's like, ah, you can't wear those. He's said, like, why, Dad, why? He's like, you're not a player. You've got to be a player to wear those type of shoes. And I, just, I was just crying laughing. That, oh, my God. It, it, stuff like that makes me laugh. And speaking of obviously old Garcia, he, people forget he banged Prince Fielder's wife, supposedly. Did he? That was the rumor. Do you not remember that rumor? I do remember no, that. No, and then they, no, and then no. they got in the big locker room blowout, and that's where J.V. like hurt his core muscle. This was like this probably never happened, but this was big time. Like in the streets, there was whispers going on. They didn't like each other. I don't know if it was because of that, but there was a rumor of that.
2: I do I I remember that. that. I do remember that. I also remember when everyone started calling Avi Garcia "Baby Miggy," and I was kind of not really with it.
1: Well, he, all his hits were like line drives to the opposite field, and he kind of looked like him. So they're like, "Oh, yeah. maybe Miggy. Awful, yeah, fair. awful, fair. awful defensive right fielder. Awful.
2: Which he's is hard like, to do. That is hard. To do. It's hard to be a bad defensive right. fielder. I mean, fielder. right
1: field's like not the easiest position, but people would be like, "Oh, he's got a good arm. i will mow you down." But he was. He had some. Br- he was brutal out in right field. Good player though. I, Give me domin tra- Young. Who did they trade him for?
2: Oh, uh, let me look that up right now. Keep talking. No idea.
1: Well, okay. uh, other than that, moving on to the Lions draft, I, I'll say this. I didn't Day three, I was checked out. Day like two, I was more locked in than I was day one. Dude,
0: I, I again, well, first of all, I will preface for the, for the fans out there that did not hear about our round one show, we did a whole show dedicated to the Lions taking Jeff Okuda, so we won't be touching on that here. But, yeah, I, day two, I was excited for. I, I needed it rounds two and three, by the time day three came, and I will say, hand up, I watched literally the entire thing, some of the last ten picks maybe, I could not believe how slow they were going. Because they started off the first ten picks, they were talking about every single guy again. I'm like, can we just start – well, I texted you guys. I'm like, can we just start rolling picks out, please? I
2: can't sit here for six hours a day. Brutal. Yeah, Yeah. you you gave – Rabinowitz gave like an old man rab's sake, and, and I, I – if, Dude, if you I'm don't mind, I'm gonna, man, gonna man, I'm gonna read it here on the on the pod because it was it was pretty it, it, it was pretty goofy. You said you'd think come round four we can just kinda start to roll the picks out so I can get on with my day and not have to sit here for 6 hours and say analyze Denver What else did you have selection. to do? There's not good well, other sports. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. What, what did you have to be somewhere? Why were you school work, bro?
0: School comes first. I'm an
1: academic weapon. School comes oh first. Oh my gosh. I a book about, to read? I felt like the Minnesota Vikings had 15 draft picks in like the 7th round. Yeah, they weirdly? had like three or four, three. and they had a bunch right next to each other, too. I was like, what's going on here? Do they have like 18 draft picks in day three? I didn't know what was going on. Can, can we talk about how
2: bad the Packers did for a second?
1: Can we do I that for I, one I, second? I don't know I want to touch what on what they did.
2: No, here's what they did. I'll tell you what they did. I, this is going to be Packers very have, one-sided tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. The Packers, here's yeah. the deal. They they probably have maybe the best, definitely top three quarterback running back duo in the league, right? Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Yeah. You know what they did in the first Kansas two rounds? Oh, I can't stand them. Fantasy. You know what they did in the first two rounds?
1: That was brutal. Sorry.
2: First two rounds, Packers go quarterback running back. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. How are you bettering your team by doing that? It'd be like if the Lions went.
1: They took the kid out of DC too, round. right?
2: Well, Which yeah, an, yeah, and it's like, I, I forget his AJ name. A.J. Dillon,
1: A.J. Dillon. Was that who it was? Bigger, yeah, who's a bigger back who got a ton of carries. It doesn't really make any sense because you're right, Jamal Williams and uh, Aaron Jones yeah. are really good in the back. Yeah, Jamal Williams,
2: them. number 30, he's solid. But yeah. my, only, my only take on it is this, like, everyone immediately, of course, falls in love with the whole Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers thing, right? And they're like, Jordan Love's going to sit behind Rodgers for a couple years and get better. Those situations are completely different. People forget that Aaron Rodgers was, like, maybe going to go first overall. He fell all the way to the 20s, which is where the Packers were. They just took him because he fell into their lap. The the Packers this year traded up to get Jordan Love. So it's it's a total difference between, like, getting lucky and a guy falling to you and wanting a guy and making a point to go get them I don't know so thing, I, I just I, I, I'm not sure what they did I'm not sure what the Packers did I
1: I, I, I didn't re- the first I, I didn't really like deep dive in their draft I'm talking about the Packers it was bizarre I think talking about the most bizarre because we kind of talked about surprises in our last podcast It's just league-wide before we kind of got into what the Lions did because the Lions were pretty uniform and just like right on schedule it was surprising Jalen Hurts I drafted to the Eagles. I didn't really expect to see that happen, especially with Wentz there. I yep. didn't expect to see the Pat- Patrick's take a running back. The one thing we were talking about Jordan Love on the last podcast, I don't know why they traded up. Like, who was going to take a quarterback yeah. there? I, who that's the I biggest I, thing
2: for me, too. Like, they traded up unnecessarily. Yeah,
1: they don't really like, make any sense.
2: That's the position you least need, or at least right now. Obviously, it's Not even future, that i need one at some point.
1: I don't think anyone would have picked Jordan Love. I think they I don't, I don't may- think so either. I, I don't know if the Patriots are in front of them, and maybe they're trying to hop in front of that. But the Patriots traded out of the first round. So what are we? What am I even saying? Yeah, they got know. their quarterback. They got Lawry.
0: The Patriots yeah, also went back to back tight end too. That
1: was wild. Did you Dude, see the right, Bears but, but, have
2: ten tight ends on their roster?
1: They caught yeah. one today. <laughs> oh, Dude, so they got okay, nine. Great.
2: Okay, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> saying the stars are aligning.
1: NFC 4th. Can we have a discussion right. how there could be a quarterback room with Brian Hoyer and Brian Lewerke in the same quarterback room in a professional football organization? Pretty wild. Isn't that, there,
0: what, wait, isn't that D'Antonio's like first quarterback and last quarterback? Did I read that properly?
1: Yes, I love that. I, I, I kind of do too, but at the, like I mean, Hoyer's not going to beat out Sitom or anything. I think Sitom's a start.
0: People – yeah, we yeah start- dude, that's the thing. When they keep – everyone in the draft was like, when are the Patriots going to go quarterback? And everyone just assumed it was Fromm because he's like cookie-cutter white quarterback guy. I'm like, dude, they have stood up. They drafted him for a reason. And I saw today that Cam Newton – however the betting odds work on what teams are signing players, I don't know how that works, but Cam Newton's the favorite to get signed by the Patriots. Yeah, I, I don't know what that – nor do I care. I don't care what they do at all. But no, Milwaukee is now the guy. Milwaukee's the guy to take the reins over the
1: next Tom Brady. It was just I, – I was laughing just, like, out loud, just like, well, maybe it was probably good that he didn't get drafted because he's got a pretty good situation to possibly be, like, a team's third quarterback, an emergency quarterback, and made, like, 500000 Just being, yeah. like, the guy who wears a T-shirt and shorts on the sidelines. It sounds like a pretty good kid to me. I'm also so uh, mad at Cody White. Why? Who cut, dude? dude they, you should they, have left. Okay, it, it, this isn't a Michigan State football podcast, but uh, this yeah. is a D, this is a Detroit sports podcast, but a little inside baseball. I think Michigan State football is their most stat position is probably wide receiver. So I, I'm fine with leaving Tody White, and he was honestly Tody White wasn't that great after he got hurt his sophomore year. Even Fair he enough. was a, he was fantastic his freshman and when he was healthy as a sophomore. And he was good even yeah. as a junior, but their offenses sucked. So, I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: All right, well, back into the Lions. Um, obviously, we're not going to go pick by pick here, but uh, general overview. I guess the, the, the one pick that we probably could spend some time on is uh, the Lions at number 35, I believe, in the second round, take DeAndre Swift running back out of Georgia. Uh, I think a, a pick, when we talked about this, when we were talking about uh, recapping the Jeff Okuda pick, uh, we were kind of all on the same boat. as We didn't really think that the Lions needed to go running back in the second round. But DeAndre Swift falls to you. I guess you got to take him, right?
1: I, I wanted to ask you this because I had a couple of buddies text me that, why didn't they take Jonathan Taylor there? And I, I, I wasn't in a camp where I, I was crazy with them taking a running back because, I, I, I don't know, Swift, the Georgia offense last year was really weird. So it's really hard to judge any of those players on the offensive side of the ball because I think they had a bad steam. And they didn't really highlight the athletes they had just in general, like regardless of the draft bits they had this year, like they didn't like showcase anything. So I, I, I can't like make a judgment on what I think Swift will be year one. But I remember him in the SEC championship against Auburn going 75 yards. I'm like, this kid is an absolute athletic freak. And, and, and when I see Jonathan Taylor, I see a really good North and South guy. And I think he has a really good fit with Indianapolis because they got a really good offensive line and the style of running that he is very good at will be perfect in that scheme. Just like run behind Quinn Nelson and like get, get a thousand yards. But I, I didn't hate the Swift uh, draft pick. I, to be honest, I wanted, I would rather them taking a wide receiver. And I know that's like not even a need. I think the run, running back is a little bit of a need. It really is because you can't count on carry on to be healthy. I will
2: say I will say on that front, I, I think running back is worth a need because yeah, carry on Johnson, the fact of the matter is
1: Muted you yourself, Trent. Am I muted?
2: What how yeah. did that happen? I don't even know. I don't that know. Happened. That was
1: unbelievable.
2: Where did I cut off?
1: You're fine. You're you're talking about how running back is a little bit more of a need.
2: Yeah. So carry on has been in the league for two years. He's had both cut short by leg injuries, right? It's not just mm-hmm. like he's pulling a muscle here. Like, it's his, it's his knees, it's his ankles. I don't even know what it is, but it's I still it's, stand it's by
1: concerning. year one, they he could have played the last four weeks. They just held him out. I stand by that. And, that,
2: and that's probably fair. The Lions were in a pretty bad situation at that point. So, yeah. yeah, they just held him out as they should have. It's kind of like when they shut down Marvin Jones this year, this past mm-hmm. season. But – Look, DeAndre Swift is – and actually one quick thing about Jonathan Taylor is he is going to fit really well with the Colts because you see what they did with a guy like Marlon Mack. He's like not even really a bell cow kind of running back. Did he this the, year. Yeah, the system is just going to work. And Jonathan Taylor, like you said, he's a north and south guy. But DeAndre Swift coming to Detroit, he had 1,000 rushing yards in the last two seasons, like each of them. Uh, he's also a really good pass catcher. He's a perfect check down guy, so I got to imagine Stafford will like him. I think they'll use them a lot on goal line situations and stuff like that. I I just think – you, and and also something to keep an eye on is you probably have the youngest running back room in the whole NFL right now between, you know, carry on DeAndre Swift, Bo Scarborough, Ty Johnson, and uh, Huntley, who we'll get to later, Jason Huntley. But they're not going to keep all those guys, right? So it'll be interesting to see what happens, like, on that front. I I mean, obviously, Swift will make the team. But it'll just be interesting to see. You know, we all loved Bo Scarborough last year. Will they bring him back? Uh, is Ty Johnson going to get cut short after he never really got a fair chance to sh- to uh, to run the ball last year? I don't know. Things to think about going into camp in August.
1: I think you touched on this, Rebs. You just thought it was, like, the best pick available, which I get, because it, he – in most drafts, he's going in the first round.
0: Yeah, I I, I genuinely believe – that for whatever reason, and I, I know we kind of – we might have touched on this when we talked after the Okuda pick. I, I feel like Jonathan Taylor there is – he's an every down back. He's going to be able to eat carries for Indianapolis. You don't necessarily need that if you're the Lions because carry-on can do that for you. I think if I'm Bob Quinn in my head from what I have perceived it to be – it, the fact that Swift was there, you had to take him. I think if if he was gone and it was between Taylor and between Dobbins, you probably would have passed and gone elsewhere. But I, I at least I, I think this is a pretty aggressive play. We we knew that they yes. were going to address they were going to address the running back. I'm not going to call it an issue, but they were probably going to go running back at some point in this draft what DeAndre Swift does for you is opens up some different options for Matthew Stafford. And and obviously you take Quintez Cephas in the fourth round or whatever round they took him in fourth or fifth, Um, which I think we all call by the way that that was a a potential target, fifth round. Uh, But, you know, I, I think bringing Swift into your offense doesn't hurt you by any means. I, you know, at that pick at 35, because I know they addressed their defensive line need as far as interior D lineman really late in the sixth round. Uh, but I, I just think that this goes to show you that they kind of went, I would say the Lions went off script a bit. They probably didn't expect Swift to be there. I don't know why this pick on whatever CBS draft tracker I'm looking at, the, the draft grades that some of these people give, players and teams are just asinine to me but they gave swift a c plus here on the cbs thing i don't understand that at all he's good he's gonna be able to make a difference in the offense and and as you said if anything for a longevity thing for carry on if he can't make it through another year well here's your second guy
1: i the thing i looked at the second round pick and just going hey we're gonna like buy into this offense and we need someone we need like a thousand yard rusher or something in that sort of shape if you could get carry on at swift to have a good rotation, and you just mix in Starborough every once in a while. You need some sort of run game. It, like I, I didn't think their run game was as bad as it was on paper, like the first six weeks of the year when Carrion was healthy. like I, They just didn't break any big runs. I thought they were able to sustain the run. But I, I, you just having another weapon in the pass game, too. I think, Trent, you said this. He's a way better pass catcher than Jonathan Taylor. He, he's played in a pro-style system, so he's a pretty good pass pro guy. So it, you're not going to be in a situation on third down where carry is not necessarily the best pass pro guy in the world where you put a, DeAndre Swift out there. who can do a little best, like both worlds. And, and you, I mean, this is a crazy comparison. I don't know why I'm even bringing it up. It's kind of nice to have a guy like that who is a dual option guy on third down. When you look at a couple of years ago when the lions would put Theo Riddick out there where you basically knew he was going a little like slant and go in or you had Zad Center in there when you basically said, hey, we're doing pass protection. So it's yeah. nice to have a guy who can do a little bit of both. And like you said, Rebs, I, I, I did – this was an aggressive pick. It, it was an aggressive pick. I think this yeah. was the most aggressive pick they made of the whole draft. And you can't knock him on it, but I, you, you had to expect it, though, because Quinn and Patricia's, like, jobs are on the line the, yep. th- this year especially coaching, Patricia's.
2: they're they're coaching and slash drafting and making moves for their lives. And that's the, that's the fact of the matter. Lions have to, I don't know. This is a different question. I was going to ask you guys, what do you think the like the floor is for them to keep their jobs? Do you think they have to make the playoffs bar none?
1: I think uh, I say they go, if they go eight and eight, I think Quinn keeps his job and you would have to fire Patricia. I think Patricia has to make the playoffs. Okay. I would love that. I just
2: feel like they're attached to the hit, unfortunately. But I I, I would love if the Lions got rid of Patricia and kept Quinn around.
1: Because I think Quinn's done a pretty good job. The thing about Quinn is that he's he's hit in the third and fourth round a lot. But his first-round picks right now on the surface are not really the best. But, like, other than that, like, you're like, he's hit. He's, like, made productive players in the third, fourth, fifth round. That we haven't seen in Detroit in a very long time, and they go eight and eight, and you see a couple of young pieces. You say Okora, you see Cephas, you see a guy like DeAndre Swift be like, wow, he's a difference maker, like right off the bat. You're like, why? How did this guy fall the second round? And they still go eight and eight. I could see Quinn keeping his job at Patricia Stane.
0: This is this is the year where your question is going to be answered as far as are these guys attached at the hip? Because I agree, eight and eight to me is the number where given the way the Lions organization operates, and by no means am I in favor of just the churn and burn. Like, if you're not winning 11 games a year, you're getting tossed out of here. Because, again, we remember Jim Caldwell, what got him fired was making the playoffs. So I I think at 8-8, and I would actually say that they both keep their job. I actually think that that, to me, is the floor where if you could get to 500, I think in the mind of Martha Ford – And Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they're like, okay, this is excusable to pass off as having us both stick around here for like another year. But I that question as far as are they attached at the hip, if Bob Quinn's getting pressure at eight and eight to make a change and he lets Patricia go, then you're gonna see, okay, well let's, you know, I we'll figure it out from there. But
1: Well, I think if they go eight and eight with Stafford healthy, Stafford plays sixteen games and they go eight and eight, I think it's a different story. Say Stafford Stafford doesn't play if Stafford doesn't play sixteen games and then they go eight and eight, you're like, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they gotta they gotta figure out the quarterback now because Stafford can't stay healthy. They, like that, yeah. that'll be like a different situation. So I, I and that's maybe a situation they want to move on from everyone and just completely rebuild if they want to bring a new quarterback in. So I don't know. I I think we're going a little bit too much in the future there, but other than that, I mean, I I like the second round pick. I I, I didn't like love it off the bat honestly but when I think about it most I was like it's good value it's really it is it's good value for where they got them and I understand running backs roles in the NFL have been diminished but like taking a guy out of a program like Georgia and you see like some of the success he's had uh, why not take it like it's not really a flyer because I do think he'll be able to like be somewhat productive but like why not be like hey let's get a little aggressive on a guy in past drafts, he would have been a first-rounder. I truly think he would have been a first-rounder in most drafts. I think this draft is pretty deep.
0: Yeah, yeah let's, go to, uh, let's go to the third round now, finishing up day two, and then after that we can kind of wrap the uh, third day all into one. Uh, I take Julian Aquara. I guess it was – call it destiny if you want. I'll join his brother. Uh, what's his first that's name? Brother Romeo. Romeo,
1: that's right. Romeo. He was pretty good last year too, last two years.
0: Uh, six foot four, two fifty-two out of Notre Dame. I think this, from what I was reading on Julian Nacua, and again, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to know the details of every single guy that was taken in this draft. Um, but I believe he was projected to be as high as a first-round pick before he got injured this past season, which I guess is is great news. This ranked out as an A minus for for the Lions. Uh, tr- a tremendous pass rusher, a powerful pass rusher, from what it sounds like. Uh, I'm not, see, now we're starting to get into where this is kind of where I was really looking for the lions to address D tackle and interior D line more than anything. They, they end up doing it obviously in round six. Uh, but still to add pass rushers, that's the big thing. I don't care where you play, get people on the quarterback. Julian Aquara can do it. I'm very curious to see how they rotate guys on the DN. Cause obviously you know Trey Flowers, especially given the money he's making, not that he doesn't deserve the spot regardless of the money. He'll start on one end. Now between Julian, Romeo, you have uh what are his name is escaping me. Deshaun Hand as well, Austin Bryant. You have so many names now that you're that you're looking at a DN. I'm not sure who's gonna start in that spot but at least you're creating depth and guys that have the makeup and the athletic ability to get to the quarterback. I lo- I love this was, Hey, t- to me after it was all said and done. And I know I really was really harping on getting someone on the interior D line. These guys know more than I do. So I, to get someone that can factually get to the quarterback for me, I love it. Love the pick in the third round. Uh,
1: I, I didn't really have an opinion because honestly I didn't follow Notre Dame football a whole lot this year. And when I saw it, I saw basically everyone have positive reactions. I'm not going to knock it because I do think – I mean, rushing the passer was obviously the Lions' biggest issue last year. And Like you said, Rabs, I, I. as we get in more to the deeper part of the draft, I thought they would address the interior defensive line a little bit more with the departing pieces that have left the Lions this year and the fact where I don't think their defensive – interior defensive line was very good last year. and I think you're relying on Deshaun Hand to be healthy a little bit too much. With some of the picks, but from a player standpoint, I, I thought it was a really good pick, and he, you can tell that he's just really athletic. And if he even needs to drop back and cover a little bit, which you see with a lot of outside linebackers for the Patriots, he could not just be a pass rusher. He could help you out in coverage. So, given a guy who's athletic like that, you just the only concern is health. And I hope if that works out, then it's a good draft pick.
2: Yeah, you know what? You guys pretty much nailed it all as far as, like, defensive tackle and defensive line depth goes. I was really looking at a pick there. Uh, in the third round, I wanted to add a defensive lineman before the night was over because, uh, like you said, Collins, you've got to rely on Deshaun Hand's health. Austin Bryant's another guy. I, don't, I think he only played four games last year, and he was your fourth-round pick. So, obviously, there's a lot of question marks there, but I, I say all that to say this. This was my – O'Quar was my favorite pick of this whole draft not necessarily in terms of me thinking he's going to be the best or most impact, but just because I'm just, I'm excited to see what he does because I I told you guys, I don't know if you remember, but that was the one guy who I had. Yeah. I I actually, like, that's the first time in my life, seriously, that I can remember besides the no brainers, like Stafford, Sue, and Calvin that I, I went into a round saying, I want this guy and the Lions actually picked him. It blew my mind. I was crazy. I thought it was way too good to be true, but, he, I I don't just like it because of the brother factor either. Like I, I it's
1: just he did fall. I kind of like it. I kind of. I, I love it. the
2: brother factor too because it's like I, talking to you guys. Like we all have brothers. It's a, it, it's just, such a that it's gives such you a little a, bit of an edge.
1: It's not even that. It's like it's such a meatball like fan theory to think like oh his brother's there is to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. it's a, that it, that's gonna make him get after the quarterback a little bit. Like I buy into that. I buy yeah. into dumb stuff like that.
2: No, it's, it's fun. It's fun to do like the psychological stuff. I I also saw Romeo posted something and he said something along the lines of, you got to chip in a little bit for rent. And it was just, I I love that. That's great. That's cool. But the the bottom line is Rabinowitz, you touched on this. He was probably going to be a first round pick until he got hurt. So you add, and, and now you're starting to see it's getting a little clearer why the lions went in the direction away from guys like Devon Kennard. Right. And why, You know, we're going to see a decision on Jared Davis here pretty soon, I think. I don't even know if he'll be back on the team this year. Who knows? They uh, haven't made a decision on his fifth-year option. Bottom line is, like, as far as O'Quara goes, his junior season was the best. Uh, He had 12 and a half tackles for loss and eight sacks. That was the season before last season when he got injured. Uh, He lives in the opposing backfield. He's a fast rusher, which I think is needed because that's going to complement nicely with the slow mechanics of Trey Flowers and guys like that. But he can do it all. And, and now you've got a guy who was a playmaker, and Collins, you talked about it, you can drop back and pass coverage, it's pretty athletic. So I'm just really, ex- I'm really excited to see what he does.
1: That, that was your favorite draft, but this Nets guy is my favorite draft, but whole draft. Yep.
0: yep, so we'll go uh, third round, the second pick in the third round for the Lions was Jonah Jackson, offensive lineman out of Ohio State. I guess we Rockers can wrap transfer. that into the, uh, oh, was he really?
1: Yeah, shout out That's right, I Stataway. do remember that.
0: Uh, we can wrap that into the uh, fourth-round pick for the Lions, too, is Logan Stenberg, uh, offensive lineman from Kentucky. This was a need that we all talked about, and I think we agreed that interior offensive line was more pressing than uh, on the tackles. But you get two guys. I think Jonah Jackson, from what it sounds like, might be able to start this year. Uh, and and the, I love <laughs> all the stuff I read about Logan Stenberg as far as, the, apparently the kid had a ton of penalties because he just loves mauling people and whatever his comments were about, like he like loves hurting people and what I I I loved it. But this was a obviously a need, and that Jonah Jackson pick got an A. By the way, I missed, whatever this BS Chris Trapasso, whoever's
1: doing the, whoever this schmuck is that's doing all these greats. So I appreciate yeah, that's gotta be I the worst that. job ever because you have so you have these tapes and they look so poor and <laughs> yeah, like uh, I know. They can look so bad in like a month. You're, like, yeah. there's, like, definitely, like, one guy who's, like, oh, this Marshawn Lattimore guy is not going to stick in this league. You can't cover anyone. And it's, like, week <laughs> one, he has, like, he has two pick sixes. You're, like, oh, boy. that's That not just good.
2: shows you how much BS of a job that is because, like, they're doing this for all these guys. So, they're going to hit on some of them, and then they're just going to completely well, that's fall in their face with half of them, I,
1: too. I mean, it's sports. You have tapes. You should have tapes. Right. Right? I think people, yeah. like – I hate when people are like, why do you even argue about that? Because it's sports. I like to argue about stupid stuff like yeah. that, like drafts. But drafts are honestly a crapshoot. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to drafts. There never has been. Like, there's been people who have, are better at it, but people who are better at it still have terrible picks. So, I don't know. Hello?
2: do you have any uh, opinion as far it, yes. as
0: these these two guard picks i mean again we talked about we talked oh, before about how uh it was a necessary need i think they probably did it in the right spot too i'm actually glad they didn't uh use the first i mean i guess if i guess if aquara wasn't there they probably would have but uh the lions traded up in the third round to uh to, to
1: get jonah jackson
0: when was so. fired up too yeah i love it dude so any last opinions on the guards
1: When's yeah, I get haircut? Real, real quick. Jeez,
2: we all, you guys, my hair on top is the longest it's been in like years. I, no, I but, never, I don't know if you guys know this. I get a haircut every week, and now so that set. barber, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a ridiculous waste of money, along with some other things I waste my money on. But what you pay? Is, I mean, it's like I go to cheap places because my haircut's pretty simple. You guys can see my hair it's just like you know, it's yeah, a zero no, know. or whatever. But it's still money, you know, you rack it up. I'll gotta, spend like 15. Gotta line
1: you up. Gotta line yeah. you up, Trent.
2: Yeah, burns a hole in my pocket. But as far as these two linemen go, I love the aggression to go get Jonah Jackson because that sends the message they want this guy. And like you said, Rabs, he might start this year. So, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think protection for Matt Stafford is the most important task for the Detroit Lions this season. That to me is the biggest priority in all of Detroit sports right now. Protect Matt Stafford because that's like that—that's that, what your chance is to win for the next two or three years. Everyone knows that, and again, we don't have to get into that. Jonah Jackson took a thousand and twenty pass protection snaps in his career and is only allowed one sack slash hit. Sign him up. Love it. Logan Stenberg. It reminds me of Bill Beer of football, right? We're going to talk about the bad boys later. Just malls, guys. He doesn't apologize. I love it. Uh, he didn't allow a sack last season at Kentucky, and he's playing in the SEC. So, to me, that's pretty incredible. Um, reminds me of a guy called Frank Ragnall who played at Arkansas also. But here's the deal. Uh, real quick, if I can make a ridiculous comparison here. My oh uh, you guys, oh uh, Shannon boy. Sharp. Shannon Sharp likes to likes to say that oh the most no.
1: the most important things. Why in the are the you world. quoting Shannon? Sharp? You need to stop watching Undisputed, dude. Because it works, it, I,
2: dude. Undisputed's getting pretty tough these days. Like, it's getting pretty bad.
1: Getting pretty bad. It's been bad.
2: Well, it's it is what it is. It's entertainment. <laughs> this guys yelling. But right, specifically right now, all they do is talk about LeBron Jordan, and it's so irritating, dude. Like there's neither one of them is gonna convince the other guy. I don't know, but anyways. Shannon Sharp likes to say that the most important things in the world are heavily guarded. You know, you got the Declaration of Independence. You got the Spartan statue on, on, uh, on campus during Michigan week, right? All these things, they're, they're heavily guarded. And, and the Lions are now exhausting efforts to protect the most important thing in Ford Field, which is Matt Stafford. Finally, and I, I, I just love, I love that the, the Lions are being aggressive, trying to go for the O-line here, signing the big V guy. So we'll see, we'll see how it all works out. Time will tell, as it always does. Rick Wagner wasn't a good move. I remember, you know, I just. I love that Rick
1: Wagner move. I love the TJ Lane move, and they both didn't work out.
2: Exact. TJ Lane's the other guy I was thinking of at the time. It, it sounds good. It sounds great, right? I loved it. Guys got to produce, so we'll find out. But uh, overall, I do like I like going back to back guards. You got to protect Stafford.
1: To I want to. Is V a guard or is he a right tackle? He's right a tackle. tackle. Right tackle, right.
2: That's your wagon yeah. replacement, yeah.
1: Okay. For a minute, I was like, I, I, I knew we needed guard help, but for a minute, I was like, does Big V play guard?
0: No, he'll he'll be your starter at right tackle, and that's why I think the, the biggest thing now, honest to God, in my in my opinion, as far as this offensive line, Taylor Decker's gonna have to have to have a big year this year because I yeah, think that they are. He's gonna be on a year. short. He's gonna be on a very short leash as far as finding his replacement sooner rather than later. As far if he can't perform this year. Um, I don't know what he has on his contract either, by the way. But I,
1: I mean, he was good before he got hurt. And then I feel like he lost too much weight. And, and he was just like – he was a head case last year. I, that's what I thought the problem was. I, I, so, I, it will be interesting to see what Taylor Decker did. Going into, like, the later rounds, and the only pick I really abstain to, because, like we said, we like Quinn Cephas a lot. I think that's, a re- that's probably my second favorite pick by value because he played in an offense like Wisconsin where he wasn't getting the opportunities that many of these players in college football were. And he yep. was running in a, a steamer, to it's a run heavy steam, and he was still producing. And, and like yep. Jack Cohen's not a guy who spreads the ball down the field. He's not picking people apart in Madison, Wisconsin. So, and, and twin Seaf has strong hands. I mean, you could see it in a Rose Bowl, like this guy can play against pretty elite competition. So I like that pick. Only pick I didn't like was the running back Huntley. I didn't get it. And the whole idea that you're drafting a returner in the fifth round, I didn't like it. You still have Adnew there, and I know Adnew wasn't great last year. But after those three or four games he struggled, he came back pretty like strong. That's how you bounce
2: back three nine, college
1: yeah. You know that. Yeah, dude, we were in the car. That was yeah. unreal. Shout out Dan Miller. That was unreal. Love Dan Miller. That, I think that was the, he had the Eagles right. Was it the Eagles yeah. game where he returned yeah. a kick for three. a touchdown? Week three, yeah. two zero yeah. and one. But like I, I didn't, I don't get it. Like it, it, I understand. Like with Swift, you're like this is a difference maker. Like this, there's a unless this guy is like, wow, this guy can absolutely take the top off the defense and like he, he can he can absolutely make a difference out of the backfield Maybe on third down, I didn't really get it. I was like, at that point, you might as well go defensive tackle because you just need bodies at this point. Like, this guy doesn't even have to be that good. Just a rotational D-line, and it would be nice to have. And you could still find one of those guys in the fifth round. And they decided to go running back. That was the only pick I didn't really like. It's a fifth-round pick. So, I'm not going to, like, act like it's the end of the world like some people were. Like, you live in, like, I'm not going to judge the pick because they're probably going best player available at that point, even though I don't agree with the fit Because you drafted two running backs in the last two drafts, I believe. Is that I could be wrong. I feel like they drafted two running backs with Ty Johnson and someone else last year. Yeah, they
2: Ty Johnson and uh, was it just Ty Johnson last year? I don't know. I think it was just Ty Johnson last year, but
1: they drafted carry on the year before. So I I don't know. You're just drafting running back. I don't know. That was the only pick I didn't like.
0: Yeah, I think I think to wrap up those last couple of rounds. Uh, again, Quintez Cephas, I think is just a good pick for the value as far as where you got him at. We I think we also kind of talked about the Lions are probably going to go receiver as well. He's a big body. He might just be a big slot. For the, I don't know what they'll do with him. He could play a, just be a big slot guy as well. Um, but uh, from, from a tape that I was watching when they were talking about the pick, he makes a lot of nice grabs. Like he goes up he's and he's got gets good the strong hands. He's yeah, good. He does, which is awesome. So that's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I uh, completely agree when they took Jason Huntley. Cause this is, again, as the draft went on. I'm like, you guys have to actually get an interior D lineman at some point. And they addressed that with the last two picks with John Pennacini and and I think it's Jashan Cornell, maybe just not a weird spell of Jason. Um, but either way, uh, the Jason Huntley pick was a head scratcher to me. I obviously they're going to use him in special teams. He did run the fastest forty of any running back in the combine this year. Uh, so that obviously they might, they must see something in him. And this is this is a this is a quintessential pick where you're like they know more than we do, and you just I think Trent, you might have been the one that said that. I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe you're talking to someone else. But as far as the, you'd have to assume that Bob Quinn knows more than you do. So they I have to curious. love this guy. They
1: have yeah, to love and, and this again, guy. Yeah, and again, I'm
0: sure you'll see him probably returning punts and/or kicks. I don't know if you'll see him rolled into the offense at some point too. Um, but again, this got a D plus grade from this schmuck. I hate that he's probably a nice Am I? Stop saying am
1: that. I crazy? Am I crazy to say I? Why would they just like give away or get rid of Adnew? adnew has been good. I don't care so like what anyone.
2: Dude completely agree. Pro Bowl in his rookie season as a return man. And then last year he just got not last year, the year before that he just got hurt. And then last yeah. year he was okay and he got a lot better once he got out of his fault. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: not a lot of people return kickoffs for touchdowns. Not a lot yeah. of people like like he there's something there with Adnew. I don't I don't I hope I hope honestly, like Ty Johnson, i like sorry, I hope it's like we're gonna use this guy as a third down back. And, and then we'll, we'll use my like kick return and then Adnew will still return punts. Even though Adnew's not the smartest punt returner, I just, I'm just saying, I, I like Jamal Adnew, personally. He, he is a little bit of a difference maker. If
2: I can give a little context on Huntley before I move on, I, I hated the pick initially because I wanted a D lineman. Um, but I, I've, I've sort of come around a little bit. He had 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. He actually Where did he had go to four school? receiving yards. New Mexico State. Okay. But he actually had more receiving yards than rushing yards last year, and I think that's a good sign because all you're doing, and and I think I texted you guys this is, you're just loading up that offense for Bevel. You know, you're just letting him work. And I say this all the time, but I think it's important. Daryl Bevel with a backup quarterback for eight games still had a top ten passing offense. So I think if you give him the right tools, even if it is running backs who can p- catch passes. There's no telling what he can do with that quarterback if he's healthy, Matt average. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I I don't hate the pick. I did initially, like you guys said, he'll probably return punts and kicks, and and we'll see if he works his way into the offense.
1: What do you? We are chirping this guy from CBS's grades. What is your guys's overall grade on the draft? For me, I I would take I would say like a B plus. Like I thought they did a pretty good job here. Not world changing. If Okuda's really good, then it, like. In the future, because I think they got value in the later rounds, and that's how yep. I judge it. I'm not going to give it a A slam dunk because you also took a cornerback with the third pick in the draft, which could go poorly. I I think Okuda's going to be a pretty good player for them, but I think this draft basically because I think they found value in the later rounds and they took care of some needs. I think it's going to be based off the fact if Okuda's really good or if he's not. I think that's all. But I in the present, I, I would say B plus. I liked what they did.
2: I would also say B plus because I think, I, but I say that thinking, you know, I think that's as good as the Lions could have done without making moves. I think if the Lions, you know, traded up for Chase Young or something wild, then you can give them yeah. an A. But it's kind of like they found themselves in a position where they're not really able to trade back. You got, you have to take the cornerback third overall and they did. And like you, you said, I think he'll be a good player. I think every need was addressed, whether or not you want to debate, you know, where, if they did it at the right moment, what not, take a defensive tackle earlier, all that stuff, that can be debated for days. But I just think they addressed every issue. You got some edge rushers. You got some pass rushers. You got some playmakers. And all you're doing is re-upping. And, and, not that this plays into the Lions' whole deal, but I think the other teams in the NFC North dropped the ball a little bit. I don't know. Biased opinion, but that's just me.
1: I, I, I kind of liked what the Vikings did, but other than that, I, I get what you're saying.
0: I would I would also go B+. Plus. I had no second thoughts about that grade at all. The only things I would have liked to have seen uh, – again, I think I've said this a couple times, but I would have liked them to address the D-line a little bit sooner – They're this going back to the grades, as far as what's on CBS here, a minus for John Pennicini for the D lineman from Utah. So I really believe the only two players you probably won't see on the field at all. Probably this to Cornell might get some time rotationally on the D tackle. I don't foresee Logan Stenberg being a starter. Everyone else I can, I can see on the field this year, which I think if you can come out of a draft like that and the rest in that many guys are going to, are going to have a role on the team, And you did what you had to do. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, obviously Okuda is going to have the biggest, I don't want to say mark on his back as far as trying to see how he pans out, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast of what your team needed, where you were picking, and what the other teams around you were doing. It's funny how we all thought coming into this draft, there's no way they were going to stay at three. There's too many reasons for them to move out of it. But at the end of the day, from what it sounds like, they kind of got stuck there. And by stuck, I mean they didn't really have another trade partner that wanted to make it work. So I, I just think I, I could not – I mean, obviously, you could always be happy. Dude, dude, but I'm just glad – I'm glad they didn't – the Lions didn't do anything this year. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, really? Except maybe the running back in the fifth round. And that felt good it, for a change.
1: It would have been so, like – I wish they like were the type of organization who could be like, yeah, we're taking Tua. He's never playing it down here but you're going to have to, like, trade for him. Because we'll, we'll, we'll just have – like, I wish we were in an, organiza- an organization like that, but we're just not. So I, I'll never even, like, think of that. But I thought they did pretty good this draft. And like you said, I, I, then I, re- I when I saw them draft Swift originally, I kind of scratched my head. And then I I, I kind of was like, you know what, that's good value. It's a need on the team. He, he He's a guy who could possibly be a breakout, like, guy, like year one. Like, you never know with a guy – who comes from a program like that with a skill set he has? So I'm I, I, pretty happy with the draft. Good stuff. But all these guys could still suck. That, that's the thing <laughs> yeah. about the draft. The draft is such a crapshoot. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what we say, they could all But we suck. shall
0: see. We shall see. Uh, before we end the show today, uh, I assume that most people in the sports world have been watching the last dance documentary. Michael Jordan, ten part series. Episodes three good. and four were on Sunday. Pretty good. I enjoy it. I like it's I just great. Think it's it has been well done from many different standpoints. But obviously the last the two episodes last night being Sunday were all about the bad boys and of course the Bulls couldn't beat the Pistons. And then once they did that kind of catapulted Michael Jordan's career, the only reason why I think we should talk about it is because there was so much going on on Twitter and all this backlash that's just like come back up about the Pistons being dirty and classless and not shaking
1: hands and whatnot. It was grinding my gears. I wanted, to, I wanted to start throwing hands via Twitter. I was getting pissed, D- dude. Think about this. So none of us are alive for like any of this. And like I, I, I shouldn't have an axe to grind. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. And I, and like if I was to go on to Twitter and be like defending the bad boys in the guys, like dude, you weren't even alive. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't care. i For some reason, I was getting so aggravated, and this is like this is the same reason I don't really like LeBron James because he put a dagger in my heart in two thousand seven. And when that happened, that was like the most heartbreaking like sports event in my entire life. And for those like Pistons fans, for the best player in the world, which I kind of glossed over since the fact MJ is like as a part in producing this documentary. The fact that MJ kind of trashed the Pistons before they were they swept them. They're basically like they were not great champions. The whole league will be happy once the Pistons basketball is like out of like they kind of glossed over that. And and I wanted to fight horror strength. I just wanted to fight horror strand. Me too. Like I'm like he gets ripped up. he
0: gets ripped next week, I feel like too, because whatever
1: Because he uh, leaves. He goes to the Magic. Yeah,
2: yeah. He does get ripped. Wait, I, I, I must have missed it. What did he say that that call them straight not... up bitches.
1: Yeah, call them straight up bitches oh, for not shaking okay. hands.
0: Okay, I was like, okay, Horace. Yeah.
1: After you got owned for like the last two series, yeah, I, so I, I was like, okay, Horace. Like Pippin or like Jordan can say that. Not you, Horace. Yeah, nice, Grant. nice goggles, Horace. Horace Grant was good too. Like Horace Grant was. I'm not saying Horace Grant was. Like Great body, good. good, good body, strong he, body. He, he looks like a bull. He looks like a bull. Thick. Like his body. Like now, he looks like a bull, like the mascot. He looks you know like what else is funny? That, What?
2: What? I thought you were saying bull, like, like a no, bull, like a cereal bull.
1: He yeah. literally looks like the bull's mascot right now. He has the biggest shoulders I've ever seen, dude.
2: You know who else looks nothing like they did back then is John Paxson. Dude looks like a completely different guy. He has no hair. Terrible executive. His, his eyebrows are gray. Like everything is completely different. I wouldn't even. I I was. I thought they made a mistake when I first saw it.
1: I was like, that is not John Paxson. What it was?
0: <laughs> they got the wrong guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, we haven't really talked about The Last dance. Like you said, Rebs, I love it. Like I just love all sports documentaries. Like that yeah, are done well. Me too. And they have great footage. The Michael Jordan interviews are awesome because he's like candid and, and like he, he actually says what is on his mind.
2: Yeah, they're actually getting him to talk, which he yeah. never does. So yeah, fun. which is
1: awesome, which is I think is like the highlight of the whole documentary and like the whole like Pistons thing, they've like, I mean, they, they did the Bad Boys documentary like what? Like seven or six years 20, ago?
2: 2014, six years ago. It yeah, was so, six
1: years ago? I know, yeah, the, it was in eighth grade. Where does the time go? Where does the oh. time go? This is a great documentary, but, like, yeah, you've heard this discussion rehashed because Isaiah got left off the Dream Team, and, like, the walk-off <laughs> was a big deal, and, and no one really liked the Pistons, and the fact that Jordan basically hated the Pistons and never respected them and talked badly about them, and he was basically the biggest superstar in all of sports, kind of, like, hurt the people of Detroit, and they just hated him, which they should have. Like, I, if I lived in Detroit or was alive at that time, I would hate Michael Jordan. I hated Michael Jordan last night talking to Yeah,
0: dude, that's what my dad, my dad, when I told him, like, hey, turn on ESPN, like, last week when the first aired, he's like, never was a big Jordan guy. I'm like, really? He's like, don't care for him. I'm like, okay, I'm like it makes sense. I the Isaiah, oh dude, I'll tell you what really pissed me off last night on Twitter was all the talk about how Isaiah didn't deserve to be on the dream team. That was where I was like, dude, I, 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 I will oh my I, god. There, there's I, one I, thing that really I, the, chaps my ass about like Detroit sports and like those outlandish takes. That all oh, that wasn't shit, really dude.
1: that wasn't people from like Detroit. And first of all, it was crazy it wasn't on the team. And I watched a Dream Team documentary like last week because there's nothing else to do. And there's like a five-minute segment on that. And it's basically like Jordan was like, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this, but it was basically like the people at USA Basketball didn't want like Isaiah on the team. And he said, I think there was powers above me. And then Pippen said like, I hated Isaiah. I told him I wouldn't play if he was on the team, which was like Isaiah Thomas was a way better player than Saudi Pippen in that time frame. It's like him not being on a dream team because when you talk about the 80s, like – and people like act like the Pistons like are annoying because they act like they didn't get credit and people feel like they give them credit. I think the one thing that pisses off like the, the Detroit Pistons as a championship team is that the like people like who they beat and stuff don't look at them as one of those teams in the 80s when they were probably the best team in the NBA for four years.
2: Well, yeah, they bridged the gap from the whole Larry Magic revolution. To, it's not even like, that, Jordan. though.
1: It's not even that late. In 87, they were probably the best team in the NBA. Oh, they were, and, yeah. They, they definitely
2: an should won that year.
1: And in an 88, they should have won. They whooped the Bulls' ass in 88, too. They didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I don't know. Did look, you guys – uh, uh, go ahead, Trent.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I got to back out for a second. The whole reason I'm a huge LeBron fan, which I am, and I am unapologetic about it. But the reason I am is because I hate Michael Jordan, and I grew up idolizing the bad boys, right? So it's like I want LeBron to be the greatest because I hate Michael Jordan. God, the bad boys
1: are so cool.
2: Yeah, dude, it's like I got to – that's why I love Dennis Rodman, right? You, he did the dirty work. Never saw him play, obviously, but you watch the highlights. It's unreal. Last night when he was talking about his whole spiel with – and he probably went on for about five minutes. They cut it down into a little 20-second clip. But talking about the way certain guys' shots spin and if it hits the rim right here, it's going this way. Like, that was incredible to listen to him talk about. He's not really making sense to anybody, but he's making sense to himself. But that aside, I thought the Rodman episode was great. As far as Isaiah being off the Dream Team goes, the the, the people who, like you said, Rabs, are like, yeah, no, he didn't deserve to be on it. Who would you take off? And it's like, how about Chris Mullen, who – Mullen no disrespect. Good, but, I don't know yeah. a damn thing about Chris Mullen. I know he's hey, come good. On. Come Isaiah on. was a better player. And and I, I <laughs> come know on. don't Leiter.
1: disparage don't disparage Chris Mullen, the St. John legend. I okay. love Chris okay, Mullen. Okay, okay. He can star in
2: the Big East thirty for thirty. <laughs> he he can kick rocks on the dream team, bro. I'll, I'll and, and like I, Christian Leitner, I, I understand, weren't there like regulations and well it was the first they, NBA they had season. to have an amateur?
1: It was the first NBA team, so they thought that the last guy on the bench would be the best college basketball player, which okay, was Leitner. Which makes,
2: that, the controversy that was. It does make sense, but Isaiah was better than Leitner, so it's like no. if, you're, if you're not required to do that, and that's your excuse. I get it, I understand it, because it was a revolutionary time, right? It's the first NBA yeah. constructed champion, like Olympic team. I get it, but it just it still isn't fair.
1: To be honest, I don't really care about Isaiah not being on a dream team, but it affected people. Like it 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 like people in Detroit then, like it obviously upset them because it was this kind of like disparaging his accomplishments. And he's probably I was listening, to, like I told you guys earlier, I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Ursillo talk about this. He's gotta be first team all like underrated NBA. Like yeah, he's the most been- a, most underrated probably guard in NBA history because he was a team first guy and gave away probably six points a game in his prime so he could set up his other teammates because the Pistons were so perfectly constructed where they could play so many different ways back in 87 to 90. He, he, he took a back seat until the last five minutes of the game, and then he started scoring because he was the best guard on the floor. And he was in, in an era with not great point guards.
2: I'll take this to the grave with me and this is the last thing I'll say before I turn it over to anyone else who has anything to say about Isaiah or the dream team or the, the bad boys, whatever. Isaiah Thomas, uh, people, people talking about Chris Paul, like he's this, like, and, and he's this great passer, right? He's an awesome passer. And he's a dog. Okay. He's six feet tall. And he just, Isaiah Thomas averaged 14 assists in a season. And like you said, Collins set up his guys for a decade so that they could win. And, and he's criminally underrated. I'll take it to the grave with me that he's the second-best point guard ever behind Magic Johnson. I would take him over Steph Curry. obviously
1: not Disagree,
2: the shooter. but. Go, he, think about this. He's a completely better defender, 100%, not even close.
1: I he's didn't watch passer. Isaiah, so I can't even, like, have this conversation.
2: Well, it, that's fair. But I guess what I want to say is it, it goes – and this is way off topic, but it goes to that whole starting five question, like, what would your yeah. starting five be? I always say Isaiah would be my point guard because – I'm gonna he's a have a great
1: point guard. He yeah, played the position yeah, he, perfectly.
2: He passes and scores almost 50-50. It's like right there. It's perfect. I don't know. And he I, plays I'll defense.
1: Say, I'll only say that, six feet tall. I'll say this. I didn't like the Rodman episode. And it might be the fact that we've seen – like Rodman had his own documentary like last year. Yeah. he was. At, they had the bad boys then where they talked about his bad story a little bit. Like it was cool to see like the stuff with Herman Electra on the Vegas – Like the forty-eight hours with Jordan basically telling him. That was like so yeah. yeah, (laughs) Talk
2: about aging well. Talk about aging
1: well. Dude, people don't talk about how good MTV was in the mid 90s. Shout out to MTV singled out. Have you guys ever watched Boy Meets World? Yep.
0: Haven't. Come on. Have you ever seen too young?
1: Have you ever seen the episode where Eric Matthews goes on singled out? No. Don't run it. episode. You should watch it. Haven't watched it, it. No, haven't watched it Not Disney+, Plus. not trying to plug anyone, but fantastic episode. But with Rodman, and I listened to Simmons, we're like, why do people think Rodman's so interesting? I think Rodman's, like, very fascinating by the fact, that like, he was so good at basketball, and he was, like, the first, like, really out there, like, personality who was just, like, really good. So people dealt with his antics. But it's, like, crazy to me when you look at Rodman where – it was calculated, like, I, like he he was uh, he's smarter than he leaves on to be, like where he was doing these things to like for monetary gain. Like, oh yeah, an idiot. Uh, the yeah, Lincoln he loved in,
2: the fame and the stardom and all. Yeah,
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, other than that, I mean, Phil Jackson was pretty interesting. I didn't know he coached in what Dominican Republic. That was why. Yeah, something Puerto Rico or something. Phil Jackson d- ta- talked about how he did acid.
0: Stuff yeah, like yeah, that. it's like, wild. This, uh, this episode, I and again, as someone who didn't get to grow up with the bad boys, I love Dennis Rodman. I like the way he plays the game, and I always remember just watching highlights. Even growing up, I'm a big, I'm the biggest heart hustle attitude guy in the world. Like, okay, did, him, okay. him. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> what
1: the, What does that mean?
0: I'm I, the biggest he, heart hustle the, guy. I'm saying that's what I love. I love a guy like Dennis Robin, who doesn't have. He's not the star player. That Bulls team, and I know this is not a this is not like an outlandish opinion. That Bulls team does not win without Dennis Robin. Bottom line, like yeah. you need a guy. Every team needs a guy like that.
1: Dude. No, I get I get that. I well, mean, Rob, Robin was good for the Bulls. I I I think you could have got. He was like their third best player, obviously, but like on the Pistons, he was more. He was just better on the Pistons. It was like yeah. He was like he was a better defender. And like lot, he was a really a lot good, better
2: defender, and just less of a distraction too. Not that he was really a distraction to the Bulls, as we kind of saw. Yeah. But I will also say this: nothing upsets me more than these comparisons that Draymond Green is the modern Dennis Rodman. Boils my piss, dude. He's not. He's not even close. Like, like, like. Being a LeBron
1: like, guy, do you hate? Do you hate Draymond?
2: Not a Draymond fan. I'm pretty. I'm pretty good at se- separating the Draymond and Michigan State and like the Warriors thing. Cause like I love. I love them here. Dude,
1: everybody and, hates Draymond, and I love it. That's why I love Draymond. Well, I he's great, Draymond. and I will and forever he,
2: be thankful for what he did and everything.
1: It like, and I, I, I'm actually like the opposite. I think he's the most overrated Michigan State player in the last fifteen years. Like he was very good at Michigan State, but you go back at his time, and you could argue Kalen Lucas was a better player. Than Draymond Green, like you yeah. could you can make that argument, and like in that same time frame, like Draymond Green was a borderline role player on those two Final Four teams. But not talking about that, I love how much people hate Draymond, and whenever he, he opens up his mouth, he talks about how, like he's just a cockiest person, and he has like no sense of reality. I think it, like the fact that he literally can't shoot a fifteen footer anymore when he basically could not miss it like that when this Warriors run started. And early on in his career when he was a pretty good jump shooter, like he just stopped like practicing shooting or something or has the yips. I don't know. I love Draymond in that sense of the fact that people always, no one believes any of the arguments with Draymond. Like he's not the modern day Barkley. He's not the modern day, any of these guys, but people say it. And so just to rile people up and I love it. And, and,
2: well, it riles me up because Dennis Rodman owned one column of the stat sheet and like, Draymond Green, I I I don't. Was Draymond? Don't know. A, a,
1: what was Dennis Rodman ever gonna be a Finals MVP? No, but he played with Michael Jordan.
2: Draymond I, plays I, with Draymond plays with the worst club well, performer in the history of star players, and that's Steph Curry. Dr-
1: Go tr- look Trent, it up, Trent. Do you want to get mad?
2: Yeah, give, give me give me riled up here.
1: If <laughs> if if Draymond and Andrew Bogut don't like that whole thing doesn't happen, LeBron doesn't win a championship in he one.
2: Well, he wins one in two thousand fifteen because if Kyrie and Kevin Love are never heard he wins that one in probably five games.
1: I'll
2: I'll say that.
1: Uh, I, mean, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. You could actually argue that the Warriors got pretty lucky their first championship with playing guys. We're pretty injured. Look, we're not talking about the NBA. We're talking about The Last Dance and, like, the documentary. I was thinking about this. Like, have you guys watched the Russian Five documentary?
0: Not yet, no. Nope.
1: I was trying to think, like, what, like, Detroit sports – like, this is a pretty sports radio topic that they're probably doing right now on 97.1. I haven't been listening lately. But, like, what one documentary from, like, a team in, like, our era of watching Detroit sports you'd want a documentary on? And I was thinking – I. I think the '04 to '08 Pistons would be a pretty good documentary, the going to work Pistons, just like in general. Like that was an interesting time. Like you can do a lot of topics. Going to sit straight Eastern Conference Finals. Like changing of ownership, the Chauncey trade. I think that would be interesting. And the Tigers, with like Miggy. I think yeah, that like triple crown Miggy. Just like talking about that team and like the stuff with Don. Like just Miggy has JV. Mickey's a wild card. Like he has yeah. some skeletons in his closet. Like you, you like <laughs> like as much as I love Miguel Cabrera, not the greatest guy. Like happy-go-lucky on the field, not a great guy off the field, probably. But other than I, not, I don't. I do you have any other ones?
2: Um no, actually, like when you said that, I was thinking Tigers, like the twenty thirteen, twelve, the twenty like maybe eleven to the twenty fourteen Tigers, but. I, I, to close with the bad boys, dude, I feel like the bad boys are probably the most iconic team in Detroit sports history. Them or the 84 Tigers in terms of just everyone knows who these guys are. Everyone knows what they did for the league. I'm talking about like Detroit fans, the fan bases in Detroit. They're, they're so appreciated. So beloved. Everyone got behind those guys. I don't know if it was because of the way they played or just because they won back-to-back championships. Like, yeah, that'll do it. But I gotta say it's either them or the eighty-four Tigers, most iconic Detroit team
1: ever. I, I don't know. I think the 97-98 wins. Are well, yeah, well, you good.
2: guys would know more about that than I would. I guess I'm kind I, of I mean the, in that aspect.
1: I, I think I think you're right with the Bad Boys being more probably the most iconic team, but in Detroit sports history because they're more historically like relevant in like just they, history. They like had the merch. history, there
2: was merch. They had a logo. It was sick.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah. And, and they were cool. Like they were, like they were very like a niche, like Detroit thing that people could like get behind and understand. When you think about those wins teams who were probably just as memorable in the national landscape because just how sheerly like nasty those teams were with all the Hall of Famers and stuff on, You can't really relate. You're like, yep, the Red Wings are like the Yankees of the hockey. Like, it, like, it, know what I mean? Though, it's that. That's what I think probably people more lean to the bad boys being like the most beloved team in Detroit sports history. And I, you could argue the donor word Pistons were just like that just the palace, I, I, I will stand by this. The palace for those eight years, whenever they had that sellout street was the hardest ticket Detroit sports has probably ever had.
0: I love, the I, would, would I would agree Pistons. so much. I that you talk about a documentary, dude, a I good the, one. Dude, the going to work Pistons gave me life as a kid, bro. That's like
1: you who loved. It. I'll say, I'll say this, top five heartbreaking moment in my entire life, and this not this might be the fact that I've, thank God for good parenting and whatever I've had a pretty good life. But Chauncey getting traded, I cried my eyes out. I when I came home from school, my dad told me Chauncey got traded. And, like, people will be like, oh, we it got just, It didn't make
2: any sense. It didn't make any sense.
1: When Chauncey got traded, like, thinking about that, like, that hurt when Big Ben went to the Bulls. I'll never forget when he first yeah. came back. I went to that game, and we booed him. And I was, I was very vigorously booing Big Ben because he went to the Bulls. Like, we're a loser. And, like, his career was kind of over after that. But, like, the donut, like, I just don't think people remember how the longevity of that Pistons team, like, how long it lasted. Yeah, and people just at people people act it was just 0-4 and o five, where they had yeah. they went to the finals two times, and I think that would be a pretty good documentary because it, like there was a lot of interesting things that happened, like when Mister Davidson dies, there's new ownership and like there was a lot of controversy, what's gonna happen with the team, stuff like that. I mean like the malice at the palace, you could do something about like I don't know. I I do think the malice at the palace is gonna have a documentary eventually. Legendary. Well, is that it? Are we done? Yeah. Any other hot takes? Sit some hot tapes out. Steph Curry hot, stinks. Hot takes. Just not true. Diet Mountain I, Dew is better than regular Mountain Dew. That is the uh, that might be the worst take you've ever had. Are you serious? Wait, what? <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew is so bad, dude. I don't Mountain know. Dew I don't in general think, is not great. Mountain I don't Dew is not pop very often. I was just I was just saying things. I wanted to add top, to the mix. Top three pop. Top what? three pops. Just, like, favorite three pops. You can go soda, like, Fountain. Like, what, you can get it at McDonald's. Like, what are your go-to, like, when you're, like, I need pop right now?
0: I don't, dude, I, then I never crave pop ever. But ever? I, learned, I love when you're, um, root beer. Over? I love root beer. I love, like, mug. Dude, the root beer debate. Do you guys like Barks root beer? No, horrible.
1: Stinks, I don't like right? root beer that much.
2: That's tough. I also, I will say this. I'm an IBC root beer guy. Since, I haven't had pop since my sophomore year of high school. So I can't, I'm not really, I'm not really credible here. But when I was a little kid, root beer was my favorite pop. And it was always a Mug is okay, but Barks was just not good. It tastes, it's a completely different taste. It's like spicy. not even the it's same. It's spicy root
1: beer. Yeah, it you is spicy. Not, I, I always loved the IBC with the little, uh. so it's like, it looks like a beer bottle. So I thought it was like a badass. as yeah, a yeah, like 10 pain. year old. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, that's fun. yeah,
1: I'm sophisticated, even though I didn't even like root beer that much, and I was just drinking it to look cool. <laughs> but when I think about my top, like, pop rankings, number one, McDonald's Coke. It's just unbelievable. It's incredible. Number two, Tony Island Coke. Tony hmm. Island Coke is so elite. They put, like, triple the syrup they need to in that thing, but it is so good. And number three, Jimmy John's Sprite. Me and my buddies talk about this. You go to Jimmy John's, get Sprite next time. It is unbelievable.
2: For you to have that well thought out of a list, I'm pretty impressed. I'm not surprised I do. though. I I'm was a fat surprised. kid. I was a fat <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, kind of sad. That's not what I meant. That's
1: not what I meant. No, no. I think about food rankings and lists all the time. Me and my buddies are thinking about doing that food podcast, just talking about food. <laughs> not even about anything. We're just, I like, can't let just, you do that. That's a horrible look. Just about snacks and just like, what would you, what would you get at the ice cream? Like- when the ice cream why don't truck we, came. Why don't we start a thing? new?
2: Let's start a new segment on the Motown Rundown called Collin's Cravings. Oh, and at the yeah. end of every show, at the very end, it's always at the end. You just give us a little something like this. Like it's
1: short, like top three pops yeah. You just gave it to us. Perfect. I, the, I, what, so, I think Sprite is most underrated pop ever. It is so good. Sprite is so good. Don't drink enough pop, dude. Sorry. Endorsed by LeBron James. There you and go. Had, dude, it, LeBron had some great spray commercials until, like, the yeah. last couple of years when they got stinky. Yeah, I
2: LeBron's had out. great
1: commercials. I,
2: dude, he, he's a good actor. He's a good actor relative to a lot of athletes. He's very he's funny.
1: You're a big uh, – what's the movie with Amy Schumer? Trainwreck? I have actually I
2: actually haven't seen that. I just, <laughs> I've seen Pretty the parts that movie. he's in. I've seen, like, the parts he's in, but I haven't seen the whole movie.
1: What, I actually want to ask you this. Why do you – like, I loved – LeBron. I actually like, love those Cavs teams with Larry Hughes and like, Ricky Davis in NBA Live 2004 because I used to play that game for some reason all the time. And I actually had a LeBron jersey. I found it the other day. I was a him and a mellow guy. I just liked both those. They came <laughs> okay. Up. All right. And then once I became a Pistons fan, I just like, stopped liking him, even though yeah. he, had the cool, he had really cool shoes early on and he had sick commercials. Like his Nike commercials were awesome. But yeah. I hate it. I hated him after 07. I don't – and I – Warranted, warranted. He's, like, a good person. Anyone who thinks LeBron is cool I think is completely wrong.
2: What do you mean you don't think LeBron's cool? Are we
1: going to extend this for half Because
0: we're going to be here for another hour if you start I, doing this I just Trent.
1: want to say that this is my hot take before we get off. I'm just saying that LeBron's probably one of the best, like, guy at, like – just he's a genuinely good person. Like and when you talk about athletes, but like anyone who's trying to tell me he's like cool, like, yeah, like wow, LeBron, like LeBron's shoes, they're sick, bro. I'm like, disagree. It's all Disag- I wear. It's all I wear. Disagree, Trevor. Here, here's well, what I'll
2: say. You're going to ask why I like LeBron. Yeah, that's why I asked. It. I will answer it in 30 seconds. Anybody who knows me knows that when I played basketball, I was always like, I didn't score. I scored two points all season in eighth grade.
1: I, me I led too, the team me in, too,
2: me too, me too. I led the team in rebounds. We're going to have to talk about that.
1: I got but, benched in eighth grade and never forget.
2: Okay, well, I never played after eighth grade either. But, slow counts, heavy feet. So so yep, what, what it was for me was I hated the guys who just dribble and shoot, whatever, along come the Warriors. Right? I, I didn't love LeBron in Miami. Like, I I rooted for him. I did. But, my, like, my brothers will tell you to this day, they, they, they expose me all the time because they're like, Trent, you rooted for the Spurs in 2014. When the, when the Spurs beat the Heat in the finals, which I did. Bottom line is this. Warriors come along. By the way, LeBron going back to Cleveland was one of the sickest things in sports history. I was like, that is awesome. I, I hope this guy gets a championship for his hometown team, whatever. And then the Warriors come along, and all they do is showboat, front run. They're flashy, all that. I, I'm not big on that. I don't do that. I, I, I never played like that. I never stood LeBron, for that. LeBron's So LeBron, I just always wanted to take He's not. He's not that flashy. He's not that flashy. Yeah, he is. What are you talking about? He's not that flashy. LeBron is so flashy. good. I don't I don't know. He's not as flashy as MJ. He's not as flashy as Steph. He's not as flashy as Kevin Durant. Well,
1: I I love Steph. I know Steph, what you're saying. He's I a love bit Steph, of a diva. but Steph's a loser. Like I love Steph. Steph's like one of my favorite NBA players of all time. He's just like factually kind of a weird, like kind of like yeah. not cool at all. Well, I don't know yeah. how we got talking about this. So that's that. That's like, it. I, I, that's all it is. I just like good. talking to other human beings during this quarantine. It's nice. Well,
2: I enjoy talking to you and and Rams. But I will say this: my favorite TV show. Wow. When people ask me, "What's your favorite TV show?" It is LeBron James.
1: That's what you say. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous. I do say that. That's a hard answer. I love to watch answer. LeBron.
2: I don't miss a LeBron national televised game. And when I got to college, I get the Lakers team pass. And I watch. I watch LeBron every night. He's I, every night he's playing. I
1: respect it. I respect it. The people just like go. I just – I'll never get it. I'll never get – like, my buddies are like this, too. They're just – like, Will, my best friend, diehard LeBron fan. He's like, I hate the NBA. All I do is root for LeBron. I don't – he's like, I barely like the Pistons anymore. I'm like, I just don't get that. That's just not how my DNA works. And that's how I just, like, I think I started disliking LeBron. Because I'm a contrarian, if you've ever met me. So yeah,
2: we I, we have, we're aware. Yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> All right. Let's
0: wrap it up, folks. Uh, that's gonna be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes every week. We will see you next time.